0: EM Weekly starting right now. Bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and
2: collaborate. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are in this country or the world. Uh, some for some people, it's tomorrow, I think, already, but that's awesome. Uh, today, we are talking to Yusuf Rashid, and uh, he's a senior at Mission San Jose High School, and he became interested in emergency preparedness through the school safety program. And, and he, so he saw a need uh, for youth preparedness and getting more youth involved in emergency management, doing things like teen cert um, and creating this program inside the school. And of course, being the industrial young man he is, he said, how can we scale this up? Create a 501c3 called the Youth Emergency Preparedness Council, and now he is pushing this stuff out to... Other schools across the state and hopefully across the nation, but I want to bring Dan, my co-host, in He's back there he areas. Dan, so I know you had the opportunity to meet meet Yusuf. Um, you know what do you think?
1: Oh, he's a rock star. He's a rock star. Um, he's gonna he's the he's gonna be the future of uh, of emergency management. He's gonna be doing some great things. He's already doing some great things, which is very impressive um, for not only. Uh, what he's doing, but uh, the the way in which he's doing it, and uh, the age in which he's at to have uh, started an, such an initiative. Um, so I mean, he's a rock star, and I, I can't I can't wait to to help build him up and and uh, support him in, in all of his efforts.
2: You know what I'm excited about, and that someday when we're going to be retired, hanging out and doing whatever, and we see Yusuf being the uh, uh FEMA administrator, you know, we can say, hey, we knew him then. We knew him when he started. Yeah, so Yusuf, well, bring him on Bring him on stage. Yusuf, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Mr. DeVoe. Hi, Mr. Scott. Thank you so much for that introduction.
2: Oh, uh, it's, it's our pleasure to have you here. So, you welcome. know what? We need to start with the question here, the easy one. What, you know, like, I know the story that you, you, on the emergency or on the safety committee, but I mean, like, what drove you to start this uh, non-profit?
0: Yeah, of course. Um... I think the the turning point was really in ninth grade. Um, and so, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, um, my background with emergency preparedness was through my school safety committee. And so I, I did a lot of Boy Scouts in like my younger years. And so I've, I've always been taught that like, you know, look for ways where you can impact the community and like do meaningful work. And so, you know, jumping into ninth grade, I was like looking for ways to get involved. And I wasn't Super interested in emergency preparedness at the beginning of high school, but I did see an opening in my school safety committee. And so I was like, they need a student representative. Let me see what it's about. Um, And if I like it, I'll continue with it. So I joined in ninth grade and um, I met some awesome people there. Um, The school administrator, um, her name was Miss Nightingale. She was super influential in helping me throughout high school and with emergency preparedness. Um, as well as some of our campus safety supervisors. And so for our first event, um, my role as a student super, uh, student representative was to like connect with the students of Mission San Jose High School and organize these events. And so the first event that we held was actually the turning point for me in emergency preparedness. So we decided to host a CPR training class um, for 50 of our students at Mission, because a lot of the teachers had CPR certification, but you know, we realized that like 15, 16 year olds are also perfectly capable of doing it, right? And the more people we have prepared, the better. So we got 50 people to sign up really quick. Sign up just went like that. And I made sure that I was one of the people who signed up because I wanted to learn too, right? So it was like on a chilly Saturday morning, we all went to the multi-purpose room. Um, you can imagine like everyone huddled there with their jackets, um, but we had a really energetic supervisor, Um. And so, for the first like two hours or so, um, we learned like breath counts, chest compressions, the importance of CPR, and we did like the hands-on practice with the dummies, just like you would expect with any CPR training. But what happened after that was really what changed my mindset. So, you know, after we finished the training, um, she called us up. To, she called us up to the front of the room, and she said, "Guys, I want to share a story with you to help you better relate to emergency preparedness." And so for the next 10 minutes or so, she told us about the story of when she saved her son's life after he was in their pool, unsupervised and almost drowned. And she saved him by immediately jumping in and then doing CPR. And, you know, after the paramedics came and everything, um, they said that, you know, if you hadn't done that, your son may have died. And so, you know, as a 14-year-old standing there in front of her, completing two hours of CPR training, standing in front of a mother who had just saved her life with this simple skill, like that put it into perspective for me. You know, CPR before was like this abstract skill that was like, I may use it in my life, but probably not, right? But here's a mother who just saved her own son's life. And so I was like, this is a real need. Like people need to know this. This is not like a joke. This happens to people. So that that story was really like, really influential. And so I worked with her and the safety committee over the next um, few months, and actually almost a year, until my sophomore year, uh, where we found that like there weren't many student-run um, emergency programs in my city. And so we decided to start it. Um, and so that was kind of the inception of Youth Emergency Preparedness Council.
1: That's, that's an awesome, you know, that's, an, that's an awesome description on how you got on it, in, in, involved. And, you know, Todd and myself both come from the emergency medical response background. And, you know, it's one of the biggest things is that the most, you know, if you, when you know uh, first aid CPR, that most you're, you're more likely to um, perform a CPR on someone you love because it's someone in your house, your family, your friend. So, you know, that's a great story to help you to help motivate you to, to get involved. So, when you got involved, when you said, "Okay, I'm going to do this," what, what steps did you take, and what what training did you did you implement uh, for your community?
0: Yeah, of course. So around that time in um, sophomore year, um, I had also joined the um, FEMA Region Nine Student Council, um, and so these two things were kind of happening simultaneously. Um, and so a lot of my a lot of the help I got at the beginning of starting Youth Emergency Preparedness Council also came from the FEMA level. Um, and so they gave really great uh, advice and input on how to engage with my community, what type of events to hold. Um, but I think the first major step we did um, was expanding beyond my high school. And so I started uh, YEPC with um, two of my friends at Mission, um, one who is same grade as me, his name is Sahil Singh, and our other friend named Hirsh Gurnani, who's a year younger than us. Um, But like with anything else, if we want to make it big, if we want to make it impactful, we need to get more people involved always. Right. So our first step was getting student representatives from all the other high schools in our district. And we had um, four other high schools in our district, American, Irvington, Kennedy and Washington. So our first step was recruiting people from there. And we did that by the end of um, August 2019. So this is the summer after my sophomore year of high school. Um, and for our first event, we actually decided to bring back, um, the CPR instructor and we held another class for around, um, 30 students. We did the same CPR training, but this time we also, we also partnered with, um, Stanford in their stop the bleed training program. So that was our first event. It was like, to me, it was really awesome. This time, like a year prior, I had been learning the CPR skills and now I was there watching other students learn it. And that was like, another really great motivation for me to see that here are 30 other students who could be doing, who could be starting their own YEPCs in the future after, after learning CPR. Um, so after we held that CPR training program and um, the Stop the Bleed training, we got a lot more interest in the community and we um, jump-started like, I think our biggest project of that year, 2019, which was the teen cert program that Mr. DeVoe, you, you mentioned in the intro and so teen cert uh, cert stands for community emergency response team as all of you listening probably know um but our city in fremont didn't have uh um an official program that was running for teens they haven't for adults so we reached out to the police and fire department told them our story um got them interested built a relationship and we decided to hold the teen cert program um over three weekends because it was a 20-hour course um covering everything in emergency preparedness. Um, How to use a fire extinguisher, how to take someone safely safely out of a building, how to do triage, more more emergency medical responses, um, using radios to communicate with each other. So that uh, was over November and December of 2019. Um, And I think that was like our big boost in getting community and student engagement. Like I think overall we had around... um, 25 or 30 students who completed that full 20-hour certification. Um, and that, that was really intensive. But I think it it built some great emergency preparedness fundamentals in all of us and our team. And for the remainder of the 2019-2020 school year, um, before COVID-19 hit, uh, we continued with our in-person training events. We distributed around, like... Um, 1500 trauma kits to our schools in the um, city of fremont we held an active shooter training um, with the police department um, because at that time and before in 2018 there have been so many school shootings and it was important for for kids to know how to respond to this with run hide fight Um, and then covid19 hit and just like every other institution and business in the nation and in the world we had to make a big change Um, at that point, I think there were definitely some days in the beginning of the pandemic where I was like, is there much that we can really do? Like, what are we, what can we do virtually now? Right. All of our activities have been in person, CPR, teen start, active shooter, trauma kid distributions. Like this seems like an obstacle that we can't really overcome. Um, but so I called a a brainstorming meeting with my team. Um, and that discussion that we had in the beginning of the pandemic was, Another really big turning point in the YAPC story. Um, They had some great ideas for how we can engage with the community virtually and how we can shift our focus from preparation with people in person to education for the whole community um, and just general community outreach. And so that this two months after the pandemic started, um, in like the end of March, all of April and beginning of May, we reached out to our local hospital um Washington Hospital, and we found out that like they were like all other hospitals they were really struggling with the pandemic. they literally just did not have enough space to um accommodate the incoming surge of coronavirus patients. They needed more hospital beds, so for those next two months, we reached out to i think um we we organized a fundraiser for the whole community. And yeah, on the website, if you go to past events, um, you scroll down, you'll find a fundraiser fundraiser event. Um, we raised over $5,000. Yep. That one for, um, Washington hospital, uh, and reached almost a hundred people for donations. I think we got 94 donors and we had, um, 62, I think student participants. Um, so that was really motivating again. Um, being able to work with the amazing team that we have at YEPC and engage with so many students in the community, despite the pandemic, like this was another big, like jumpstart for, for YEPC. Um, so after the fundraiser, this was my junior year. So obviously I was, I wanted to relax for a little bit after this. So I spent some time off in the summer, um, relaxing and doing other work. And um, in July, we, we noticed another big problem in the community. Uh, this time relating more specifically to students and and teachers. So, I was talking with a lot of my friends at that time in the summer, and the one thing that we couldn't stop talking about was distance learning, right? So, we had done, like, you know, March through June in distance learning with our school, and it wasn't that great, obviously, right, because we weren't prepared for this, but so we were even more worried for this year. Like, I'm entering my senior year of high school at this time. All of my friends are entering their senior year. This is supposed to be the best year of high school, but we don't even know what it's going to be like. And then the younger students, like, they have important tests coming up, important classes coming up. How are they going to be prepared for this? Are the teachers prepared? Is our district prepared? Is Are the other staff at Mission San High School prepared? So we decided to hold our first webinar. Uh, This time focused on distance learning, where we brought in in education experts from across California, as well as some people um, in other states, to put together a two-hour educational program on how students, teachers, and parents can adapt to distance learning. Um, And we also had a doctor come in and talk about the mental health effects of being in online education, and that was a really great event. Um, I think right now we have over 1,600 views on it on YouTube. Um, and it, it was really good. Like that helped built us helped us build a relationship with our school district um, and other community stakeholders um, in the YEPC, in, in the Fremont community. Um, and, yeah, so that was the beginning of senior year for me.
2: Wow. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. <clears throat> and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your second webinar, um, with the uh, your pandemic webinar. Yep. The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high-quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, Outer Limit Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter EM Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase. Go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. That's outerlimitsupply.com. Hey, welcome back from that uh, quick break, and thank you for listening to our sponsor. Because without them, uh, we definitely could not bring you the, the quality program that we were bringing. So, before we went to break, um, we had uh, uh, you talking about first the senior year and, and really how you guys were able to really address that. And I know that's uh, it's amazing what you guys have been doing. So, Dan, um, you know, what do you think of that?
1: I think you know. <laughs> You, you, you approached it in such a way that, you know, a lot of people, even even practiced practitioners didn't go about doing things. And, I, and that's that's admirable. So uh, and I, what I really like that you said is that you took a break. You needed a break. So you took a break. And that's that's one of the other things that that emergency managers and first responders and anybody who really gets serious about their job uh, kind of fail to do is take a break and, and, and self-care. So, but let's talk about, let's talk about when when you, when you got back and when you started getting going in your second, uh, second webinar. Of course. So um,
0: that first um, couple months of senior year, another thing besides emergency, just as some background, another thing besides emergency preparedness that I'm really interested in is um, immunology and infectious diseases. And so when I started learning more about the um, vaccines that were coming out with Pfizer and Moderna, I was really excited. Um, and so I think around December, or so is when they announced that it was ready to go and it just had to be approved by the FDA. And so when I heard this, I was super excited, right? I was like, okay, we can get, people are going to take the vaccine. We're going to get back in person. We're going to start running more YEPC events. I can finally see all my friends in school. I don't have to do this FaceTime Zoom thing every day for my classes. And then I heard some pretty shocking things. I started like talking with people in the community and there was um, a concerning amount of people who were like, I don't want to take the vaccine. This is like a government spy thing. Um, It's just going to make it worse for me. I'm going to fall sick. And at this point, I'm thinking like, wait, we, we literally have a path to the solution in front of us. We just need to get people just need to take it. Why is there so much pushback from the community to take the vaccine? And I realized that, like, not everyone had all the information about the vaccine that they wanted. And they wanted to know more to be comfortable with taking it. And that's okay. Like, we can do that as a community. And so, like, with at, by this time with YEPC we had a pretty strong um, foundation with all the students in the community and stakeholders. So we thought back to our previous webinar, that was a great success. And so we thought why don't we hold another webinar, but this time focused on nuanced information about the COVID-19 vaccine. Let's invite, not this is not just for students this time, this is for anyone in the community and actually more important for people who are 16 and older. Let's invite them, get them the info from solid doctors in our community and nationwide so that two things, they're comfortable with taking the vaccine. And second, most importantly, that they get motivated to share this share the truth with their friends and family who may also be in the same boat as them. So um, our first step was reaching out back to Washington Hospital um, because we had built a relationship with them with the fundraiser, and we found an infectious diseases expert there. She's awesome. Her name is Dr. Diane Martin, um, and she agreed to come talk for our webinar. Uh, we also reached out to um, Dr. Omai Garner at UCLA um, who is awesome. He's been doing amazing work there with the vaccine to come talk. Um, we also got um, officials from our Alameda County office to talk about what our county plans are for reopening. Um, and we also got uh, Commander Matthew Johns from FEMA to talk about the nationwide um, level response for for the vaccine and how we're going to get back in person. And so just like with the distance learning webinar, we had... Um, A couple of them give individual presentations, and then we held a group panel discussion answering some guiding questions and, most importantly, audience questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, And like the webinar, that was really awesome to see that we were able to get all the solid information together in one place and send it to the community. Um, And I think for me, I think that was probably one of the most important things that we've done with YEPC because I think... Even right now, it's so important that people take the vaccine. So um, putting that webinar together and getting people to attend um, was, was again, really motivating. I think we had around 200 people live attending. And right now, we're um, close to around 500 or 600 views on um, YouTube. So, um, yeah, that was our second webinar.
2: You know, Nick states, uh, he goes, the anti-vax movement um, has such a tremendous impact that is uh, having an influence on the community health. And he says, thank you for uh, fighting against it. Yeah. That's a great comment. And I think, (laughs) I think that's one of the things that we really have to do is like getting good information out there, proper information, um, about just the vaccines. And yeah, you know, we have heard stories uh, of people that, um, have had sore arms or some people gotten sick a little bit. Uh, but I mean, that's realistically, we see this happen with the flu shots as well. So, um, I think overall general it's, it's, it's working that direction, um, you know. So, what do you see the future of youth preparedness? I mean, one of the things that I, I, Dan, and I have had this conversation multiple times regarding getting more and more younger people involved in emergency management. Because, like I say, you know, everybody knows what a firefighter, or a police officer, or a nurse, or a doctor. But when you ask what an emergency manager does, kids have no clue even what that exists is, what that job is. So, how do you see uh, your position? With the use emergency preparedness council to help um, move people into the direction of wanting to get into epidemiology or to emergency management um, into those fields that are adjacent to this profession?
0: Yeah, of course. And like, that's, I think the biggest project that we're working on right now is expanding. Um, and so I think I'll, I can talk a little bit from the YPC perspective and then also like from a personal perspective on, I think what anyone can do. So, um, Right now, we, we've made some solid advancements in terms of reaching out to more students. We've um, gotten a representative from another high school in our adjacent city, um, in Union City. So we have a student representative from at Logan High School right now. Um, and another big thing is that we're now working with um, Governor Newsom's office to uh, find other schools across California who are interested in... Um, Starting, starting a YEPC chapter. So I think fundamentally, what my vision is, is that we can, just like we have this chapter here in Fremont, which hopefully will become kind of a tri-city chapter with Fremont, Newark, and Union City. My vision is that we can set up these chapters across California and hopefully across the nation, where in a city or maybe in a county area, there's a single YEPC chapter where we have this blueprint now of like what a YEPC chapter needs to do. Um, they can just follow it, and we have these like different locations across California that are reaching out to many students at the same time. Um, so, I'm also reaching out to my contacts. I have a couple of people in San Diego that I think will be interested. The rest of the YAPC leadership team also has lots of contacts that they want to reach out to. Um, so, yeah, the ultimate vision is setting up new chapters across the state and across the nation. And, you know, I think the reason why, you know, Mr. DeVoe, you mentioned, like, people know firefighters, they know police officers, but it's kind of tough for people to, like, grapple with emergency managers. At, at least for me, like, I think a tough thing about emergency preparedness is that it's it's hard to, because it, it's not always so tangible, right? Basically, like, you're preparing for something that you hope never happens, right? So I'm, we're doing all this work, right? We're ho- we're getting people certified in CPR, we're getting people to know how to respond to an active shooter. But like, obviously, we don't want this to happen, right? And so I think sometimes it's tough for people. And even for me, it's tough to like do all this work when your ideal vision is that you never have to put these skills to use. And so I think that makes it a little bit tough um, for especially students to connect with. And I think to overcome that, like having someone talk to you and share their story. For me, it was that CPR class. Um, getting a new perspective with someone who's actually been involved with a situation like that really gives you a new perspective. And I think that would help um, students connect better with emergency preparedness.
1: So first of all, I want to say, you know, I'm incredibly impressed by you. Yeah, I'm impressed by the work you do. And I'm proud to to be able to say, you know, know what's coming from you. Um, but does tell tell the tell the audience what's coming? What do you have in the future coming from from your organization, and how are you working to um, expand? Of course,
0: yeah. So the first big thing, biggest thing, is obviously expanding. Um, I'm hoping by the end of my senior year in June, we have um, at least two new chapters of YAPC set up. Um, and also, I'm working to make sure that like. The younger students in the YEPC team have a solid foundation to um, continue YEPC, depending like where I go for college. Um, so that's in terms of expansion. Um, and obviously, working with Governor Newsom's office, I see a lot of potential there to reach out to more people. Um, the second thing is, wh- wh- wherever I go for college, I also want to s- explore the possibility of starting a YEPC chapter there. Um, because you know, it's, it's, it's not just high school students who need to know how to do this. Everyone needs to know how to do this. So college students, I don't think should be excluded from that. Um, that That's another goal of mine um, to do. And I, I want to continue staying involved with, with YEPC even after I go to college. I'm going to stay on our board. Um, and if I'm close by in Fremont, um, definitely continue having a working hand in how everything runs. Um, in terms of events, we do have an event coming up that actually was inspired by one of my conversations with Mr. DeVoe. Um, we're looking to hold a community resiliency webinar um, focused on how, you know, for example, this pandemic, how important it is for us to be resilient, right? To be anti-fragile. Um, and so, Mr. DeVoe, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That that talk with you was really inspirational, and um, we want to make that something bigger. Um, so right now we're... Um, reaching out to um, speakers for that. And we're still in like the brainstorming phase for it. Um, but that community resiliency webinar is something that I'm excited for. Um, and I, th- I think the last thing is continuing to establish our connections with new people. Cause in all of our events, we've only been able to proceed from the help with these outside organizations or having advice from, from these people. And so um, we're working to like, continue reaching out to officials in our city, at our state, people like you, Mr. Scott, and you, Mr. DeVoe, to give us advice so that I want to make sure that YEPC continues on forever in the future, right? This is something that I hope to be established permanently in Fremont and hopefully throughout California and the rest of the nation.
2: So, So, what can emergency managers do to support you in your efforts?
0: course that's a great question um first off that would be amazing if we could have emergency managers to help us i think the biggest thing would be one reaching uh, if there was tangible resources or courses that we could take and implement them for the students and for adults in our community that would be great second thing would be connecting us with more people who can help us organize events or if they can help us organize these events That would be awesome. And I think third most important thing is establishing a long-term relationship with emergency managers who can continue to um, give us advice and guidance for the future. Because I think one important thing I've learned from YPC is that it's very important to think long-term and not short-term. And so any relationship that we establish... um, my ideal vision for it is that it's something that continues on into the future. It's not just a one-time thing. And like that, that was kind of from the beginning of YEPC too. Like we could have just held like another CPR training class and stopped it there, but it's more important for us to establish something that's going to be long-term. So with any emergency manager, um, I would love to establish a long-term relationship with them um, to help us right now, but also more importantly in the future. Um, and organizing those events and reaching out to people is the best
1: thing that we can do right now.
2: Absolutely. That's, uh, so true. Dan, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, you know, just, you know, up front right now, you have two emergency managers sitting right in front of you right now. They're going to help you out and, and, and guide you through this. And, and we'll be, we'll be, the re- give you as many, as much help as we can give as much guidance to be given. And, and ultimately the, uh, the resources that you need, uh, we can, we can try and, the networking inter- introductions uh, and introduction, you know, being able to connect you with others who could potentially help you in your efforts. Um, and I look forward to what you're going to be bringing to the, to the emergency management uh, profession, to the industry in which you choose to the to the college in which you attend to the community in which you ultimately reside in. Um, but ultimately, uh, and as we end the show as well, when Todd wraps it up, I have a lot of information that we're going to, I'm going to share with you offline.
2: Absolutely. Hey, everybody, I I have a challenge for y'all. All All, all my emergency management professionals, my friends, everybody out there, I want you guys to reach out to us. You know, his contact information is the show notes. we'll make sure that you guys get it. Reach out to him and see how you can help him um, spread that word because at the end of the day, when we are able to put these programs into high schools and colleges and community colleges across the country, it's going to make everybody more uh, safe, and it's going to have everybody prepared. And maybe, just maybe, right? We will have, and I, I actually have faith that that Yosef's going to be that guy, that's going to be the, you know, the leadership coming out of these kids uh, to be the FEMA administrator, uh, county administrators, and and statewide emergency managers. Uh, I, I see it coming through, and this is a really great training opportunity for everybody. And Yosef, I want to say thank you personally for me to that you started this program. And I I really want to see it succeed. And I'm so excited to see youth programs like this develop coming from the youth. I mean, this kid at 14, you know, 17 years old now, uh, creating this program. And and we need to support more programs like this. So, Yosa, thank you for me to you. Thank you for starting this program because I think it's going to be super successful.
0: Thank you so much, Mr. DeVoe and Mr. Scott. Your guidance has been absolutely instrumental these past few months. And thank you for having me on the show.
2: Absolutely. Well, everybody, we're coming here to, to the end. Um, I want to thank you all for spending time with us today. I, again, reach out to Yosef. His stuff is in the show notes. You know, uh, It's the YEPC.net. You can check that out and find him over there as well. And hey, listen, again, we have some cool stuff coming up on our own. We have the Crisis Cafe. It's uh, crisis-cafe.net, or, I mean .com. And uh, it says crisis-cafe.com. Join over there. Some of the stuff that's coming up there, engage with emergency managers in a community built by emergency managers for emergency managers. Uh, You get away from all the political little stuff that's being put on Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever. You know, this is where we can just talk about what we're doing. And then also, uh, we are on Clubhouse now. Clubhouse. Um, yeah, I mean that is a it's an amazing tool. Dan's addicted to it. I mean, he's on it like 24/7. I am
1: addicted to it. It is a platform that is that is definitely going to change. I mean, if you are if you are someone who um, listens to uh, if you watch inspirational videos, listen to books, this is a place you're listening to it live, and you're going to have and we're going to be bringing it to you uh, with Crisis Cafe from you know in emergency management, and we're going to be building a community there. So absolutely. Um, absolutely. So you can follow, go on there, go on. If you don't have clubhouse, get clubhouse, find somebody to get, to invite you. You can go find me at, uh, at D Scott, 1981, or you can find Todd at, at Todd T Devo um, for, to be able to go on there follow us and, so, and, and follow us so that when we do go live or when we do plan to plan to put something on the counter, you can be notified and let you in and invite you into the room, invite your friends. We're going to be holding a regular, a weekly, um, uh, um, classrooms, or I guess to call them rooms in there, but ultimately um, there's, there's so many different organizations that, that are starting to um, put these rooms on that relate to emergency management, disaster crisis management, but also the, the uh, talks of the vaccine, um, the weather When uh, we were holding a talk today, later on tonight about the Texas uh, weather that's going on and the, the events that took place in Texas take, time to go on the show it's, it's it's a great thing todd's laughing at me because yeah i'm i am addicted to this i mean i listen to books i listen to, i watch inspirational stuff and i to be able to go and hear these people talk live to me is, has been a very it's a game changer yeah so take advantage of it go on there but also go on linkedin follow us on linkedin go on our pages on go on facebook follow us on facebook we're going to be using all these platforms But Crisis Cafe is going to be the place of the future as far as emergency management goes. We created this, as Todd said, it's created by emergency managers for emergency managers for networking and resourcing uh, emergency management.
2: All right, everybody, see you next week. And until then, stay safe and stay hydrated.